The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Source of Truth podcast and our live stream devotional. And I want to welcome all of you who might be watching us live uh, right today on this Tuesday morning edition. And I encourage you to do a couple things if you'd be willing to help us with this. If you happen to watch this on our Facebook ch- uh, page or our YouTube channel, if you'd be willing to share this, I know that'd be a huge encouragement to at least me and the time we put into it and the opportunity to just get the Word of God out to as many people as possible. And it's a simple thing. And if you're willing to do that, we'd greatly appreciate that. And, uh, so, and, and if you happen to listen to us, an Apple podcast or Spotify, things of that nature, giving a review would be a huge encouragement as well. And if you consider doing those things, we'd greatly appreciate it. Well, we want to welcome you in this Tuesday morning as we're looking in uh, to the book of Psalm. We're continuing in our study through Psalm, and we've been in chapter 33 for a couple days now, and we're going to continue a few more verses in Psalm chapter 33. Now, I want to start with an introductory thought before we get into the section of Scripture we're going to evaluate today. When, when, I, when I think, I've pastored now, I've been in ministry for 20 years, pastored now for 10 years, and one of the things, you know, I was a youth pastor for a while, working now with all ages, really. I evaluate the one, and, and then I watch the current culture of today. One of the things that I think is a great question that pretty much every generation looks at is the relevance of God and His, and His Word and all in church today in the culture we find ourselves in. The younger generation grows up and, and they look at church, at least from their perspective, and many times they find it to be ineffective. Uh, they find it to be, uh, many would call it hypocritical and things of that nature, and so they kind of want to disappear. Uh, the older generation looks down and gets discouraged because the younger generation is maybe not grabbing a hold as much. And, and then we look at the world, and we look at the world in our country, country that at one point we call the Judeo-Christian nation that is constantly taking decisions to go further and further away from biblical principles, biblical morality from Jesus. That can become discouraging. Can I, can I encourage you that the answer is not found in um, religion, the answer is not found in tradition. The answer is found in Jesus. And, and, I, and I would state for the people who have been in church for years, uh, that is, is still in church, stay faithful, the answer is still found in Jesus. And I don't think anybody would argue that. I'd say number two, for that generation coming up looking for answers, I encourage you uh, to come back to the Word of God with a fresh perspective, maybe even a skeptical perspective. Come back and discover God for yourself from the Word of God and find out the truth. For those seeking, that they're, they're, they've been through religion or things of that nature, and they really haven't decided what they're going to do with Jesus. And it comes to salvation or Christianity, and they're just seeking truth. I evaluate that to seek that truth in the Word of God. Uh, not necessarily religion. Let me explain what I mean by religion. I believe religion to be a man-made institution that has a set of rules and regulations that if I do enough of them, just maybe I will be accepted by God and earn my place in heaven. And I believe, number one, there's nowhere in Scripture that defines it. As a matter of fact, when, when the Apostle Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit in Ephesians to describe salvation, he says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are we saved, through faith. And not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. Then he says in the next verse, not of works, lest any man should boast. He says, if you get to heaven on your own works, you're just going to brag on your goodness. And we want to get there on the goodness of Jesus. And that's why on the cross, one of the things Jesus said is, it is finished. He completed the work upon the cross. 
Uh, and, and so we can come to him and accept that completed work, that grace, that gift that Paul mentioned in that passage. That's the truth we look at. But the truth that we see goes beyond that. That's what I want to evaluate today. We talk about, you know, so many people trying to make the Bible relevant. And sometimes what they do is they're taint changing this. Well, we want to change this belief or change this thought. I don't know if this is in Scripture. I believe the answer is not changing uh, the Bible to make it fit something, compromising the truth. I believe it stopped trying to make the Bible say what we want. Go back to the Bible and find out what the Bible says. So many people today want to state the Bible says this. It's not true. This hateful Bible that people want to describe, it's so not true. The Word of God actually it shows the grace of God. It shows the strength of God, the opportunity for all of us. So let's evaluate some scripture that was given thousands of years ago that we'll see. It's just so relevant today. The first thing we see in Psalm 33, back to verse 11. Uh, the Bible says this, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever the thoughts of all his hearts to all generations. So the counsel, the truths, the teaching of God, it's not just something for my great-grandparents or my grandpa. My, my grandfather, uh, he, he grew up, he was a businessman, went into, uh, was in World War II. When he came back from World War II, God had called him to the mission field and then spent a uh, majority of his uh, ministry in Brazil. My father grew up there. He went from there to pastoring, and I followed. You know, we don't, we don't do this simply because, well, it's, it's genetic. You know, my Christianity is genetic, and a lot of people do. Why do you go to this church? Why do you believe this? Well, my grandparents did. You know, the truth of Jesus is more than just, well, my grandparents and my parents did. This truth, the answers, they're relevant to every generation. You know, many of us are looking for answers in, in the new ideas today, but you know, the Bible tells us in Song of Solomon or in Ecclesiastes, there's no new thing under the sun. The, tr the, the pr problems of today are the same they were in the Old and New Testament. The answers are still there. It's still Jesus. And honestly, if you study history, we're just trying to repeat some of the same answers. The truths are found back in Jesus that these truths are relevant. They're relevant for, yes, the grand your grandparents as they grew up, and they're relevant for what you're facing today. And we'll see a little bit of that. So we see that the relevance, it, it, it goes beyond church, it goes beyond religion. And please understand, as a pastor, I believe church is important. I believe what we can get from it is important. And I believe today's culture really, you know, it, it's a bit of a different story. We kind of have to decide. It's so easy to do church today that, you know, it's a decision we have to make. But, and I find it important, but I hope we understand that church in itself is just, it's, by itself, if I think, if I do church, I'll get to heaven. No, I need Jesus. And, and when I get Jesus in my life, church takes a completely different form. When Jesus becomes my Savior, becomes real to me, and that relationship, not religion, that relationship becomes real, and I, I see Jesus working in my life, church becomes different. Worship becomes different. There's a hope. There's an excitement in it that goes beyond any tradition because we see Jesus. There's a relevance. Then he goes on. He talks not just to the relevance of every generation. He moves on to the nations that would put him first in verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is their Lord. He puts, he goes, I put my blessing, I put my, 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 my blessing upon and the happiness upon those nations who would put their trust in God. Now, my desire, it would not all be political at this point, because, frankly, I think the answer is not found in a political ruler turning to God. And now, I pray. I pray for our political rulers that they would turn to God, not just for wisdom, for salvation. I hope we all pray that way. And, frankly, when a political ruler turns to God for salvation and then, and then truth, obviously it'll, it'll begin to inspire and change his decision-making. 
But I think the answer is not found in a certain style or certain thought in the, in the Oval Office or in any political place today. The answer is found, it goes back actually to a church, a church that loves God, a people that loves God and willing to, to, to live in the society we in, honoring God. You know, someone the other day mentioned something to me I thought was unique. In our culture today, sometimes in America, we get nervous about some of the decisions being made and some of the direction that we know, when you look at Scripture, really goes against the teaching of God. It's very anti-God and anti-Jesus in the morals and the direction, and we can see the damage it will and is causing. But, you know, we, he made this gentleman made a comment to me. Look back to men like Daniel. Daniel was taken to live under the rule of a king who probably killed his parents. And instead of getting angry, instead of living in bitterness and all this, this Daniel decided, this is where God has me. I'm going to respect this. I am going to do my best to live in respect and reverence to a king who frankly has destroyed my life. And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and many people who followed, these men and, and, and were willing to follow, were willing to the best of the ability. Yes, they kept God first. We see that all the way through the book of Daniel and many other men in these pagan societies where they wanted nothing to do with God, God's people followed God. Yes, and you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, well, they were placed in a fire furnace, and look what God did to protect them. Daniel ended up in a den of lions, but God protected and protected him from that. But in, in this, they had a influence in the political realm of Babylon they would have never had if they were so anti-fighting this. And can I encourage you, it's they had the truth and they stood for the truth, but in a way that was respectful and reverential. And I will say that we live in a day where the Holy Spirit-filled Christians is so needed, and that's where the blessing and the answers would come from. So we see the relevance comes to all generations, to grandparents down to my children. And boy, may we as our generation, be close enough to God that we hand our faith to the next generation. May we live in a way where our nation recognizes that faith. And then we go, um, to, then we go to the last, the last thought. We talk about the relevance of it. I love this part. He says in verse 13, The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. Now, so God's looking from heaven looking down on all of his creation, by the way, all of us. And in the world where we're trying to be separated and pulled apart by our look, by our background, by where we were born, by where we came from, can we eliminate all of that and look where God designed it all, and that comes from him. He created us. He created us unique. He created us all beautiful. And he says he looks down, he fashioned their hearts alike. What, what, what does that simply mean? It simply means that it doesn't matter how powerful or how wealthy a person may be. In matter of fact, how, how powerful, wealthy, or how unpowerful and homeless a person may be. God has created us equal. He's fashioned our hearts alike. And yes, while society has changed, and some people have greater opportunities than others, and some people have taken advantage of certain opportunities than others, the ultimate thing we look at is not where we are in our race and our culture, things of that nature. The question I bring to you is where does your, where is your heart in relationship to Jesus. Because that's really what matters. Because ultimately, everything this world can offer will disappear. What happens next is the important question. And you have the same opportunity for sweet relationship with Jesus that brings great blessing if you're the poorest person in the room or the wealthiest person in the room. What will you do with that? He offers it to all of us. You see, the relevance of Jesus is amazing. It goes from my generation both ways. 
It's offered to a nation that will place God first, but that starts with us as Christians. And then it really it comes down because it's open to every one of us. You know, the, Satan in the, in, the, in the world culture wants us to look at all of the events of the world and keep our eyes focused on that. Can I say today, as the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews, he said, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, may our focus be in him. May our focus be on him and, and living a life that we get, enjoy his blessing and, and sharing our faith to the next generation. And, and dare I say, living in a way that will be, give us light in our culture where maybe it's, it's different than we want it to be, but what an opportunity in this culture. And to recognize that God's love and opportunity is offered to everybody. That truth, as David's saying here, will draw all of us together. But it's not under a political party. It's not under one thinking. It's, it's uniquely bringing us all together under Jesus. And that is where you will find uh, peace, that will find unity. Uh, and it's not that we all become identical because it'll be different depending where we're from and our backgrounds, things like that. But it's Jesus who unifies us. And may that be what we strive to share. May that be as, as we get older to, sh to invest into the next generation. And may that be our desire to impact our culture, impact our society, and impact our, the next generation with Jesus, with his love, with his grace, and may it be a hope to us, whatever battle we find ourselves in right now, that God can use us and God can help us to be that hope in a generation we sometimes feel like is hopeless. And in sometimes in the darkest times, God has done some of the greatest things. May that be something that we find hope, strength, and encouragement in today. I dare ask you this. If you've never called upon Jesus, if you don't have that guarantee of a home in heaven, relationship with Jesus, I encourage you to, to, to seek that today. If you'd like to talk to us about it, you can call our, our phone numbers on our website at bensalembaptist.org. We'd love the opportunity to be able to share the truth of the Word of God with you. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we really hope this is encouragement as we study, study through Scripture. And we just appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day, whether you watch this live or whether you caught this later uh, on archive or whether you're listening to this on an audio podcast. We just greatly appreciate the chance to be part of your day today. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We hope you have a great rest of the day, and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.